Hello, my loves. Julia Renee here with a bonus episode. So I was recently interviewed on the Ambitious and Fit podcast with Michelle, and we literally became best friends within minutes of speaking to each other. We're like the same person. So without further ado, here is the interview. All right. Hello. Hello, Ambitious and Fit gals. I'm so, so excited to be joined by the beautiful and stunning Julia Renee. She is incredible. She's a fellow Ambitious and Fit woman. She's a pro bodybuilder. She's an IFBB wellness pro. She's a fellow fitness coach from Austin, Texas, which best state ever. She's quirky. She's so genuinely herself. She has a wonderful community called her Buff Babes. She's a dog mom. She has an awesome boyfriend named Zach, who honestly is very much like Tony and I. So I love the dynamic they have. And more than anything, I love her dynamic and her overall motto, which is you are more powerful than you think you are. So welcome to the show, Julia. I'm so, so excited to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. We've already had so many podcast worthy conversations right before this. So I'm excited to see where we go from here. So thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So right before we had hopped on, we really had chatted a little bit about your overall story. And Mm -hmm. just so everybody knows, like Julie has such a wonderful backstory, like where she had started in terms of fitness and how she evolved into the amazing person that she is today. And I think a lot of the things that we want to chat on in this is a lot about the mindset and some of the obstacles you had to go through in order to become in the best shape of your life. Let's go ahead and dive on in. Do you mind giving us some background on, you know, your story and where you started in your fitness journey and kind of your mindset and how it's evolved to today? Of course. So for me, everything kind of started when I want to say high school, because technically my athletic career didn't start when I was little, you know, I was playing soccer and doing all those things. But I think at a very young age, I knew what my strengths were. I knew that I was an athlete and I kind of stuck with that. As we were talking about before, I was like, I feel like people are either an academic or they're an athlete was definitely an athlete. Um, So I played a bunch, everything that I, everything that I could get my hands on. I picked things up very quickly, but the one that stuck was actually wrestling. And it's funny because I was trying to fit myself into a mold of being a dancer because everyone around me was like a feminine girly dancer. And although my outward appearance is very feminine, the way that I dress and the way that I appear, I'm very, very masculine for, for um, a female. So I tried to fit myself into that mold of being a dancer because I thought that's what girls need to do, you know? And obviously I can't dance for shit. So uh, weirdly enough, there was the summer going into high school and I had like a panic attack because I didn't know who I was. And of course you don't know who you are um, basically ever. So I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was hanging out with some of my friends and we were like wrestling for fun. And there was this moment where I picked up the girl and I body slammed her so hard that she lost her breath. And everyone was very concerned, like almost calling ambulance or something like that. And now everyone's freaking out. And I probably should have been too. I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh yeah, that felt good. Oh wait, are you okay? <laughs> and um, that's kind of where it started. And, you know, beforehand, my brother was a captain of the wrestling team already. And he had been saying, Julie, you got to wrestle because I always say that I was my brother's younger brother because he, we were all girls. So 
I was his practice dummy, basically. And that was the moment that I went home and I said, Dom, I think I want to do wrestling. So I joined wrestling and I wasn't very good at first. Um, I didn't have any coaches that actually paid attention to me because I was the only girl. And they're like, what do we do with this girl thing? So I just wrestled with all the boys. It was either the boys wanted, didn't want to wrestle me because they were afraid to get beat by a girl or they didn't want to wrestle me because they were afraid of beating up a girl. So it was this real weird in between. And my personality is like, don't treat me any different. Go at me like you would a man. Like I need to learn, but no one would do that for me. So eventually I got a different coach who kind of like took me under his wing. He was definitely like a second dad to me. And he brought on a female coach to practice with me because I had to go to different schools to practice with other girls that had girls on their team. So fast forward a little bit, you know, I get really good and I end up qualifying for um, districts then regionals that end up going to state. And meanwhile, working out three to four times a day. So this is something that we'll kind of go into a little bit later, but I am very used to restricted dieting and I'm very used to working out a ton. I was 15 to 18. I would wake up and I do cross country so that I would have endurance to wrestle. Then I would go and have wrestling practice later. Then I would lift weights. And then some days I'd have an extra wrestling practice with just my female coach. So meanwhile, restricted dieting, because much like bodybuilding in wrestling, you have to have a specific weight. Bodybuilding is more so you have to have a specific look. And at this time, there was no education on what to do, what to eat, how much to eat, how much to restrict. So I was just doing what the guys were doing. They were spitting water bottles because fun fact, if you fill up a water bottle, you'll lose a pound. Don't do that. But (laughs) there was so many unhealthy things that I now realize at 25 really affected me. So we'll go into this later on when I finally realized it, but I would restrict, restrict, restrict. I would make weight. Then I would go back to my lovely mother that would always have food prepared for me in the stands and I would eat and I would eat, eat, eat until I was stuffed. Then finally, I was satiated because I hadn't felt satiated in weeks because I was cutting food out or not eating at all. So that's kind of where my fitness journey was at. But I feel like I've been talking a lot. So maybe there's something that you want to add to that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think it's. It's one of those things that, you know, even it's so important because we had talked about a little bit earlier on. It's just, you know, if you fast forward like 10, 15 years ago, like that, there wasn't any education behind that. Mm -hmm. There still is not a lot that's out there or there's almost too much out there that you don't actually know what to believe. Right. And you were in a sport that with wrestling, you have to make weight. Same thing with boxing, same thing with dance even. So with with dance, you wanted to achieve a certain look to your point. And so sometimes there would be restrictive eating. You know, as a previous dancer myself, I couldn't dance for shit in the beginning. And then I, you know, learned a little down the road, but I mean, still you were trying to achieve a look or achieve a weight to have this look at such a young age when we didn't know anything about how to properly mm-hmm. work out, how what how to properly nourish our bodies, how to not do restrictive, you know, eating, you know, making sure that we were doing the right things. And so, yeah, I and I also can I do want to highlight too that some of the most incredibly gorgeous women that I know, ambitious women, 
I, I have a really great best friend. Her name is Keegan and she did jujitsu ever since she was very, very young. And that girl, she was absolutely stunning. You would just look at her and say, oh my gosh, she is like a Barbie. She is gorgeous. And yet she kicks some serious ass in jujitsu. And mm -hmm. you remind me of her so much because like you. you're this ball of beautiful feminine energy that just found what she was good at very early on. And the mm -hmm. fact that you learned that in high school of, I just found my zone of genius. Like, yes, I, you know, wanted to make, I made sure that that girl that I slammed was okay. But I also realized that like, I'm actually really good at this. Like when you mm -hmm. find that thing you're really good at, you need to capitalize on it. You need to own it. Yeah. And that's something that you did too, was I decided that I am really good at this thing. I'm going to go and pursue it. And you took it all the way to the top, which of course meant that as, as an ambitious woman that you are, as you were going to the top, you then were willing to push your limits to get to the top, which yeah. was the restrictive eating and a lot of the things that you learned along the way. So I want to hear a little bit more. I know that the girls listening to will want to hear a little bit more of like, how did you overcome that? Or what are some lessons that you've learned since you ended wrestling and then went into more bodybuilding? Yeah. So like I was saying earlier, I didn't really realize that this was actually an issue because I was so young and you kind of just are, you're picking up things that are around you. One thing that one of my favorite podcasters always says, Ed Milet, he says, some things are caught and they're not taught. For example, you'll see your mom picking at her body in the mirror at a young age. And then now without knowing it, you've caught that and you're more inclined to pick at your body. Maybe I should look this way. So these were things that I kind of caught along the way. Little did I know how much it was going to affect me later on. So when I realized it, I went on pretty normally. I weirdly enough, I, after getting offers from colleges to wrestle, I was done. I was tired of the strict restrictive dieting. I was tired of training so hard. And I went the complete opposite route and went and did hair for three years and was a cosmetologist and makeup artist. So that's what I did. And then inevitably I came back to my roots, which was being it. an athlete, but just with a new twist this time, I wanted to use my gift of pushing myself and being ambitious and striving for things that only a percentage of people will do in their lives to help people and serve people and help them realize that you are more powerful than you think. It doesn't have to be bodybuilding. It could be with business, with being a better partner, with being a better dog mom. There's so many avenues that it can go down. But when I realized that my eating patterns were a problem was in 2020. Um, I always say 2020 was the best year of my life because it was the worst year of my life. Um, 2020, I quit my salon job and started my coaching business, Buff Babe Academy. And it's grown to what it is now, which is over a million people know who I am on all my platforms. And I never thought this is how it would go, but my intention was this is how I wanted it to go. Yeah. So three weeks out from my first bodybuilding show, I got the news that COVID hit. We were all going into lockdown. So I was shredded beyond belief. I was like, yeah, I did this thing. And my show was canceled. This threw me into a binge eating cycle that changed my life because I actually realized that this was a problem I'd had since I was 15. I was eating every flavor of Ben and Jerry's because they were popping new flavors out like there's no tomorrow and realized in the weirdest way that I actually had a problem because I had a friend that he was on a strict diet 
and he was competing in a show and he had a large smoothie from like Smoothie King. It was like a protein smoothie. And he's like, do you want, you can have a sip of it if you want. I almost drank the whole thing. And look, this is a very small moment, but this small moment made me realize that, oh, wow, I don't have control. I've lost all control. Mm -hmm. And after that, that's when I started to get help. I started researching. I'm like, okay, is it actually a thing? Because there's a hyper focus on not eating, but there's not a focus on overeating. You know, we tell people talk about not eating enough or being anorexic and things like that, which are definitely just as disruptive to your life. But people don't think that overeating can have just as unhealthy of effect. So after that, I spent from 2020 to 2022 receiving help. And now I can say that I'm not 100%. I don't know if you want to call it binge eating free, because I really do think that these things that we consider to be flaws will almost kind of always be there on our shoulder a little bit to just kind of remind us of, you know, how far we've come. So it's definitely not as bad as it used to be. But I'm constantly growing to be better each day and helping people around me in my community do the same. Well, and I love that you're doing that too. And thank you just so much for sharing that portion of your story, because to your point, like that's not something that a lot of people talk about, you know, back in college, there were nights where I even had some emotional eating, even binge eating sessions where I personally love Nutella. It's one of my favorite things ever. It's so good. But what I did was I started realizing that I was going down a binge eating route back in college, mm-hmm. whenever all of a sudden I had the entire jar of Nutella and I just took a spoon and I was eating from the Nutella. It, I was literally eating from the jar and it was one night, it was a late Thursday night. It's to your point, there's always this one moment. There's yeah. this moment it could be so small. And I all of a sudden I was about halfway through almost almost fully done with the whole Nutella jar. And we're talking two of those spoonfuls are like over you know, 250 calories with mm-hmm. like, like 20 grams of sugar and just one spoonful. Like it's just so much. And then I realized I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this doesn't make sense. I, I have to, I need a shift. I need a, a bit of a change. I need to, you know, seek new ways of combating this. And I think it's so amazing, yeah. you know, that's something that you had recognized in yourself and that you even are helping others with. I mean, before we even started recording, like you had just highlighted that something that you do for free on a weekly basis is you help women in your community who are suffering from, you know, a similar thing of binge eating or overeating or even some emotional eating. You help them. You just hop on a quick call with them and just have a support group to say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm here for you. And how can we chat through this and how can we support one another? That's mm-hmm. what I think of. Julia Renee is mm-hmm. a ambitious, badass woman <laughs> who essentially has a past that she is that she is sharing with the world and saying, hey, here's how here's what I've learned. How about you teach me things too? Like we're on this journey together. And that's what I absolutely love about you just in general. It's amazing. Thank you. It's, I mean, we spoke about too, like the moment where I realized that that was something that I shouldn't be hiding anymore. You know, I was meditating because I was feeling very blocked about content. You know, I decided to start a business in 2020. I was, it was crazy. 
And um, I was feeling just like super lost, questioning whether I made the right decision to quit my steady job at a salon, which hindsight 2020, ironically, is that, of course, it was the best decision to make because I wouldn't have had a job if I would have stayed there because no one was allowed to go to salons. So during my meditation, I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Where do I go? Where's my purpose? You know, that whole sitting there wondering what life's meanings are. And in my head, it kept popping up. You need to come out about your binge eating. You need to come out about your binge eating. And at this time I had about, let's say 30,000 followers. Mm -hmm. And I kept pushing it down and pushing it down. And that's the thing about your intuition is that if it's really the right route, it's going to keep popping up for you. So that was the moment I realized Hey, listening to your intuition has never steered you wrong. So that next day, I was a very shredded. People looked up to me at that time for being a new bodybuilder. And I just said, hey, can you believe that this bodybuilder that seems to have it all together and is shredded has a binge eating disorder? Woohoo! And then Happy. from that, it just it just took off. I mean, the one thing that my partner Zach says all the time that is just so true is that What's most personal is most universal. So the fact that I was being very personal and vulnerable and open about something that people didn't know about me gave them permission to say, hey, maybe that's something I struggle with. Maybe I could open up more about something that I'm struggling with. So these things that we think are discrediting us are actually the things that empower us the most. I couldn't agree more. I think that I, that's truly amazing. And just the fact that you've been able to transform your story and to be able to help others is just unreal. And I think that one thing that really sets, you know, sets the precedent for you as a person is you just want people to be their most authentic selves. Mm-hmm. And that's even something that you and I just have literally been raving about this entire time. But when you show up as your authentic self and you show up just being who you are, no matter how quirky you are, no matter how extroverted, introverted, I mean, both of us are baby grandmas. We love to go to bed at 9.30. Like we lo- we are, we love to make fun of our partners and just have fun and just be kids and just, yeah. but also have our baby grandma moments. Like Angie Lee always says, yep. it's so important to be who, just whatever your intuition says that you should be, be that. Whatever is authentic to you, do that. Just be who you want to be and do the things that you want to do. And if that's maybe yeah. something that you're struggling, let's say that you're in a, a nine to five job right now. And you're just now similar to similar to Julia, like, you know, she was, you know, at her salon and then all of a sudden COVID hit and she's like, what do I do? What do I do? If you're in that, what do I do? What do I do stage? Take a, a you know, take a quick page out of Julia's book and really think to yourself, what am I good at? What is, is it wrestling like Julia was when she was younger? Is it all of a sudden, you know, teaching others about, you know, about fitness, wellness coaching? Is it becoming a hairstylist? Is it you know, just start thinking of the things being an occupational therapist or, you know, anything mm-hmm. that you feel aligns with who you are. Focus on that. Just even take five minutes out of your day to really think, what mm-hmm. the heck am I good at? What is my zone of genius and how yeah. can I better the world? And I think you are a true testament to that and how you can literally transform your life in two years. How how would you say your life has <laughs> is different in two years? Tell me, like, the mindset from 2020 to 2023. Yeah. Alice, what is, what's the, what are those mindset shifts that you've had overall? What are some of the biggest ones? I would say in 2020, let's talk about that girl for a second. Cause the one thing I always like to think of is that we're like little crabs and we just grow out of our shells 
you know, we're the same like crab, but sometimes we just need to go into like a little bigger shell. So 2020, I was highly anxious, highly um, introverted. I'm naturally an introvert. So I don't think the people that see me and know who I am would ever believe that, but it's just taken, I would never it's taken that. a lot of work to, to get to even speak on a podcast, you know, because of how much I just questioned myself and didn't think I was confident enough or worthy of the things that I wanted. So I was dealing with a lot of that then, you know, I was that person that if I did ever go out, which is very rare still to this day, I'd hide in the bathroom because I was so scared of all of the commotion around me and I needed to be alone and be with myself. So through these three years, I've transformed into a person who is confident, who has huge goals that I don't just say that I'm going to do these things. Like I will do these things. And it was the process of just continuously showing up for myself over and over and over. And even when I fell, get up, show up for yourself again, again, and again. And through that confidence was built. Worthiness came, you know, I was able to be that person that I always knew that I was, but I wasn't acting like her. So I'm, I'm completely different. (laughs) 2020 Julia would not be sitting here talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm happy that 2020 Julia went through all the things that she did because she's a fun freaking human that needed to be. So am I. (laughs) I love that. And I think you, you really hit on a very important piece that, you know, basically confidence is built from keeping promises to yourself. 100%. Self-sabotage is built by you not keeping those promises to yourself by saying in that negative self-talk of, you know, I I really want to lose the weight or I really want to start this business or I want to start this podcast or YouTube channel. I want to start this thing, but yet your actions aren't following it. That's where self-sabotage just hits you. Or that's where negative self-talk says, oh, you can't do that. You're not worthy. And it's because your actions aren't aligning with it. Right. And so you hit on something so beautiful that when you have, when you say you're going to do something and then you take massive action towards it, you're therefore keeping your own promises to yourself, which builds unreal confidence. You become yeah. the person that was always locked inside of you, but never got to spread her wings. She never got to do those things. Mm-hmm. And I think, how would you say that fitness has helped you become who you are today? Yeah. I mean, I really think that if you want to achieve anything fitness wise, it all starts with your mind. I mean, the reason that I chose fitness is because that's what I'm good at. But really, if you want to achieve anything, it starts upstairs a hundred percent. And I can gladly say that's a fact because let's just take this example for a second. You're on the Stairmaster and you know, it's burning, your body's hurting, you're getting a little tired, you know, you're like, oh fuck, I need to answer that text, I need to go to work, I need to go see my baby, whatever it might be. What is the first thing that tells you to get off the stairmaster? It's not your body, it's your mind telling your body to get off the stairmaster. Now let's just apply that to anything else. You're wanting to go for a job or a new promotion, or you're wanting to talk to that cute guy at the gym. What's the first thing that happens? You immediately start talking yourself out of it. You already have set in your mind the thing that you want to do. Oh, I want to go for that job. I think I'd be really good at it. And then what comes after that? Oh, maybe I, maybe I won't. 
Maybe people will think I'm, I'm trying too hard. Oh no, you know what? And then you already have talked yourself out of it. And it's been two minutes since you had this goal. I mean, you're, you're, um, wearing an office t-shirt. One of the quotes from the office that I love so much is that, um, it's like, I have had this goal since lunch and I'm not giving up on it. You know, it's like, it's just like that. Like we have these goals and these dreams and all these ambitions and we're the ones that talk ourselves out of it. Look, it's hard enough in this world with social media and our parents' opinions and your mom and your whatever, your sister's brother's cousin telling you, why is she posting that on social media? It's hard enough with that as it is. So why are you going to add to the fire by also telling yourself that you can't do X, Y, and Z? I could not agree more. And also, here's here's my other thing now. I'm going to add on to that. Please. For the entire two minutes of that conversation that you had in your head, by you not doing that thing, you know what the worst case scenario is? Is you stay exactly where you are right now. Nothing changes. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. So if all of a sudden, so I met my husband at the gym. I met him at the gym. It was not glamorous. It was not cute. We'll say that story for another day. But he was even talking to another girl who was already there. And I had a really shitty day. It was just, it was not cute. But we are here. We've been married for three years. We've been together for eight. It's like, I mean, he's literally downstairs. Like we are officially married. So you can meet your person at the gym, even in the non-glorious circumstances, right? But the thing is, is that if, you know, if you don't go and talk to that guy, or if you don't kind of muster up the courage to go for that thing, you're just in the same spot that you were before. So to your point, what do you have to lose? You're in the exact same spot you were before. You are already in the worst case scenario here. Yes. Like if you go and talk to that guy and he said, and he's not interested, well, I'm sorry. You're exactly where you were before. Like, yeah, why not go for it? Yeah. Cause like, if you don't try, you fail. If you do try, at least there's the option that you don't fail. Exactly. But if you definitely do nothing, of course you're going to fail. <laughs> and you get a lesson from everything. If you go and you try out this, let's say you try out this new business and it doesn't work out very well. Like, well, shoot, at least you got an MBA, a master's in how a business could not go so well. Now you know what to do to make one go well. You know, exactly. same thing with, you know, talking to the guy at the gym or even workouts. Let's say you try a specific workout plan. Everyone's body is different. Everybody has a different thing that works best for them. Mm -hmm. Now as coaches ourselves, not everything works for one body, right? And so sure. try one thing for a little bit. You see how it evolves your body. Give it enough time to actually make a dent in your progress. By the way, don't try something for a week and say, hands up, I'm done, I'm out. Like, yeah, something time and repetition and consistency and hard work. But if that thing doesn't work out for you, shoot, pivot, do something different. That's okay. Yeah. We have that flexibility in life. We are alive for a reason. We get another, we are blessed with another day to say, Let's get up exactly what you did whenever you were younger. Let's get up and try again. Let's get up and try again. Let's get up and try again. Mm -hmm. We get a chance to try again and we are blessed with that. So mm -hmm. I love hearing just all of these things in general. It's so, so good. I, oh, I knew this was going to be amazing. Um, okay. So one of the other things that you're doing right now is you're doing 75 day hard. So yeah. tell us a little bit about what day you're on. Mm -hmm. And why did you want to do 75 day hard? What's, what's kind of that main driver of you and your personality wanted to do this challenge? Yeah. So 75 hard was created by Andy Frisilla, who is the owner of first form. Um, I've been working with first form for two year, 
three years actually. And weirdly enough, only like a year ago realized that this huge challenge that was all over social media and TikTok and all that was created by a guy that I met the other day, you know? So I always knew that I wanted to do it. And the reason that I wanted to do it because I love slash need a challenge. And right now I'm taking a year off of competing in order to get my health right, to help my metabolism, to get my mindset ready to utterly destroy it next year or this coming year. So I knew I wanted to do something that was still going to keep me like motivated and on the go and to bring people along the journey because that's what I love to do. I love to bring people along the things that I do, even if it's just the most ordinary thing, because it gives them the power to be able to go after something yourself. So if they see me going after 75 hard, going after my pro card, going after the Olympia stage, it can give them the confidence that, well, maybe I can ask that guy out. Well, maybe I can go for that job, you know, and that's why I share so many things. So doing 75 hard has given me the opportunity to be re-inspired again. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need that kick in the pants to just be like, yo, you're kind of fucking up, you know, and that's like what it did for me. And like right now I'm on day 23 and there's um, a checklist. You know, I love me a checklist, girl. I know you do, too. So every day, you know, you read 10 pages of a book and it has to be an actual book and not an audio. So, you know, drinking a gallon of water, all of these things, eating healthy, no cheat meals, no alcohol. And, you know, the purpose behind the challenge, as Andy Frisilla says, is it's not supposed to be glamorous. You know, it's not supposed to be convenient. It's supposed to teach you discipline. And showing up for yourself and consistency and doing the things that you don't want to do anyways. (laughs) Amen. And I I loved 75 Day Hard. It was like, it's just one of those things where as a checklist girl too, it's one of those things where like checking that off gives you that instant dopamine hit of like, oh yeah, I did it. Like, woo, like, but also it shows you at the end of the day, whenever those freaking 10 pages are still on your list, when it's 9 p.m. and us baby grandmas are like, I'm tired. I don't want to read. And you're just like, okay, but I'm going to do it anyways. Like having Mm -hmm. a challenge like that for 75 straight days, Mm -hmm. just saying, no, I'm going to show up for myself. I'm going to do this thing. You are sometimes dragging your feet and sometimes you are running miles. Like you are perfectly fine. And no matter what, you're still doing it for yourself. So I love 75 Day Hard for that purpose too. And I'm so glad I did it earlier in 2022. It definitely taught me so much, especially about making time for things because a lot of the time when you, you have to make time for things that you prioritize, right? Like if it's something, if it's a top priority, you're going to make time for it. If not, don't just say to your point earlier, don't say you want something where you're not going to back it up with action. So 75 day card really does teach you that along the way too. It's Um, so true. How do you, so one of the things that I know a lot of my gals, whenever I talk to them and my clients and all of those things, of course they have that darn question in their brain of like, Michelle, I'm getting so frustrated. You know, I, I just want the needle to move faster or like I, you know, this is, it's just getting hard. I'm getting a little frustrated. Like, what do you do in order to stay motivated? Like, what are some things, what's some advice for fellow ambitious women like us out there who are trying to get in the best shape of their lives? Like, what is some ways that you would tell them to quote unquote, stay motivated? Yeah. 
this advice that you would have for them to become the best version of them and go through those mindset trials and overcome those obstacles? Definitely. I mean, the first thing that helped me was recognizing that motivation is garbage and it's not going to be there when you need it. It's not. And with that knowing, it relieves the pressure of needing to be on your shit all the time and being that girl because that's not realistic. As an IFBB pro, people might look at me and think, oh, she's got her shit all the time. No, I'm not. I make a lot of mistakes. I'm, I'm a, I have BB pro had a binge eating disorder. Like, come on, you know? And so first, just knowing that motivation is so fleeting and it's not going to be there when you need it. So quit thinking that it's going to be. And then second is like, what is your connection to your why? Like, and it's, it's very helpful to have multiple, multiple reasons why you're doing what you're doing. Because when you are wanting to quit, when you are wanting to give up, you're ready to get off that Stairmaster. You're not going to go for that job. You're sending those extra emails at night, whatever it might be when you are really just like on your last leg or it's 9 PM and you still haven't finished your 74 hard 10 pages of reading. Why are you doing this? You have to go back to something bigger. There has to be something bigger that's outside of us to motivate us. Cause sometimes Things that are right in front of our space are not enough of a motivator. So like to the moms out there, why are you doing this? Is it really just to look good? Is it really just to be that girl? No, it's you could be healthy for your kids. You can live longer. You should teach them healthy habits. You can be an example. That'll get your ass out of bed. Oh my God, this, this is going to affect some of my, 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 my children. Like for me, my why and the thing that I found out that always brings me back to like reality of why are you putting yourself through suffering? Because I suffer when I put myself through bodybuilding prep. And if I didn't have my why, I'd step off that stairmaster. I would go and eat a burger. And my why is I do what I do because it helps other women out there truly know their power. That is way bigger than me. Yep. Amen. That's a lot long lasting. That's a lot more impactful than I want a trophy. Cause you know what? That trophy's going to rust. It's going to end up being in my garage in the back in a couple of years. My boobs are going to sag to the ground, you know? Yes. <laughs> That's not long lasting. We know that I'm not always going to look like this, but you know what can be an impact, something greater, a purpose. And look, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be like stepping on stage. Like my mom, the example that I use, my mom's a hairstylist and that's kind of where I got it from. She impacts people in a completely different way, in a way that I could never because she has a gift. She makes women feel beautiful and empowered and confident and talks to them and is like a therapist to them at some times. That is impact. Mothers, even though you're probably sitting here listening to this and you're already downplaying your impact in the world because I'm just a mother. You have the most important job in the world. You have raised the entire population. That's much bigger than just being a mom. Mm -hmm. So really just think about number one, motivation is garbage. It's fleeting. It ain't going to be there when you need it. Just forget about it. What is your why? Why are you doing this? There has to be something bigger. Has to be, it can't be something extrinsic because extrinsic doesn't work. Like you said, it has to be interest, intrinsic. It has to be on the inside. It has to be bigger. And for us non moms out there, it could also be something where 
Maybe you just want to skyrocket in your career or in your company and you want to mm -hmm. show up in that boardroom. You want to look unreal. You want to be able to walk in and say and have the be in the best shape of your life, fitting in that suit, standing in front of a speaking gig or a conference and basically show up even bigger and better than you ever have before. A mm -hmm. way that you ever have in the past, right? You want to be a good role model for your family, for your loved ones, just like what you said. Finding that why is everything. And I couldn't agree more. For myself and in, in my journey, I remember being 25 pounds heavier when I first started a corporate job. I was eating out all the time. I didn't, I had a gym identity crisis. I had four gym memberships and never went to any of them. And it was one of those things where I didn't have my solid why. I didn't know why I wanted to do it. And I then thought to myself, mm -hmm. I said, I am holding myself back because I'm not confident in the way I feel about myself. I don't love myself. I need to learn how to love who I am. And all of a sudden I achieved the amazing things that I did, you know, you know, six to seven years down the road. And here I am now and I'm at the best shape of my life. And I've, you know, built this life for myself because I prioritized my health and my fitness, which mm -hmm. then got more promotions than I could count got me the greatest friends in the world literally gals julie and i hopped on we talked about everything in our <laughs> life how our lives are so similar and now i have another friend who yeah. i can with regarding anything fitness life anything related i know i can go to julia so i have the best friends in the world i've met some of the most incredible people my family is even asking for advice i'm helping hundreds of amazing beautiful women be both ambitious and fit that's my why and so similar to Julia, it's if we can make an impact on in this world, however you can make that impact, that is what is so important. So don't just do it to look a certain way. Do it because it's for your bigger purpose in this life. You are on mm -hmm. this earth for a reason. So Julia, you are just an absolute dream of a human being. <laughs> you, just have, you have such a wonderful mission. And I want people to know where they can find you, where they can support you, where they can watch the remainder of your 75 day hard journey, because I'm for sure watching the entire thing. So tell us like, how can we, if you were your own best friend, let's go ahead and shift that mm -hmm. if you were your own best friend. How would you support you as a best friend? Like, where can we go to support you? What are all the things? Good question. Well, you can find me basically everywhere at Julia Renee, which is Renee with one E. And for all of the people that are out there and they're silently struggling with a uh, binge eating disorder, I have technically three Facebook groups. One for my Know Your Power podcast, which we talk about a lot of the same stuff that you do on here is fitness and mindset. How can you be fit in all aspects of your life? Physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of them. And um, Facebook group number two is we have weekly binge eating support calls right now. We have a little book club going on. We're going over a really great book for anybody that struggles with binge eating. And it's called Brain Over Binge by Katherine Hansen. And then the third one is just my coaching one where it's a little bit more fitness oriented. But yeah, that's where you can find me. And your amazing YouTube channel, your podcast, all the things. Oh, all the things. <laughs> follow Julia, follow her journey. She is just so, so wonderful. And I know that you're going to love her content too. But Julia, thank you so much for coming on the Ambitious and Fit podcast. I know that you've made such a staple for us. And we're going to go into our week having this new and refreshed mindset, remembering our why. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here.